All right, everybody, welcome to Talking Taker, episode number 27 of our encyclopedic exploration, digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time. We appreciate you tuning in and downloading this next chapter of Dead Man Talking. My name is Alex Dorio. I am your co-host for this journey, one half of the Creatures of the Night, and I am joined yet again in person for our second ever live episode by my wrestling buddy, Extreme T, Travis White. How you doing, man? I'm great, man. I'm enjoying our second house show here. That's or right. live event, whatever you would call it. They call them live events now, but we used to call them house shows. So I guess this is our second ever house show. So yeah. Drove down again. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. If you want to bring Talking Taker to your house or to your city, you know we are available to do live episodes elsewhere. We'll be happy to do that. We can work that out for you. You can uh, hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. We'd love to do it. Man, we don't have to reserve these to just ourselves. Or if you want to come hang out next time we do a live one, let us know. Absolutely. Uh, you should have got Shivani. listeners out there. Man, we want to get Shivani right down the street. I know. It's not too late. We can do another one. <laughs> yeah. But we are here uh, continuing on our exploration, one pay-per-view match at a time, through The Undertaker's career, and uh, we are coming upon a historic, memorable uh, match with so much to talk about. We are at October 1996, In Your House, Buried Alive. Oh man, yeah. We mentioned last episode how that was Mankind's theme podcast. Not podcast. In your house with mind games. This one's Undertaker's first one. He's gonna get a couple more here as this uh, in your houses go. But yeah, this is his first one. Very alive. Yeah, like you said, so much to talk about. This is the culmination of at this point six and a half months worth of story. You know? Yeah. Um, absolutely. Because this is this this show takes place on October twentieth, ninety six, and uh, April first is when Mankind debuted. So. Yeah, six and a half months of storytelling all coming to fruition here at this one show. Can you imagine that nowadays? No. No. <laughs> no, no. It never happens no. anymore. No. no, not like that. No. Not in that main event style. Right. Um, and yeah, not and with this This is the main event of this show. It is the main There's event no of this show. There's no title match nope. on the show. Shawn Michaels has the night off. Uh, yeah. He's on commentary. He's right. No matches, but yeah. And they've made a huge deal out of this. We've talked yeah. about how Undertaker... Does not need the title, but he is still arguably the top guy, the centerpiece, the cornerstone, not the gravestone. Uh, We'll talk about gravestone here in a minute, but he's clearly the cornerstone of the WWF. This pay-per-view is more proof of that. He is in the main event for this feud uh, with Mankind. The whole pay-per-view is built around him, literally. like All of the graphics, the entire (laughs) set design, every piece of this pay-per-view is built around... The Undertaker and around this buried alive match concept with mankind. Uh, so it's really, really cool to see. Absolutely. And not only this pay per view, but the four weeks of Raw and Superstars building up to it. I mean, between Mind Games and Buried Alive, they have this gravestone uh, <laughs> and this mound of dirt on every single episode. Of course, they're filmed all on the same night, but. What's well, in the middle of the, the entry? Yeah, the so you highway. see it, this headstone. Very famous with Mankind and Undertaker's images oh, I on love there. That, that. <laughs> yes, with the uh, date of the show, so you're getting that every time someone yeah. walks down the aisle. No matter who it was, if it was Who or Triple H or the Mark, Pug, the Pug, <laughs> the Pug or Farouk uh, Assad. Was that his name? Last yeah, name? Farouk yeah. Assad. Yep. Uh, golly, 
Yeah, any of them. We walk by, and yeah, the headstone's right there, gravestone, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's cool, man. They had this all planned out, and really neat. And again, we mentioned way back, beginning of this episode of Talking Taker, that um, Vince saw something in this character from day one. And production-wise, he's built, again, he has an elaborate entrance, whether it was coming on a hearse with a vulture, or whether it's ascending to the heavens to walk with the angels, yeah, uh, or whether it's literally every night he comes out, he gets... The lights down. Last episode we talked about he has pyro shooting off like Kane. Um, here he gets his own show. and He's the only guy that up to this point had his own like theme matches too with casket and mm-hmm. coffins. and mm-hmm. Well, then you had your final curtain. Final match. curtain, rest in <laughs> well, peace. Yeah, rest in Body peace. Body bag. All those things. I mean, again, production-wise, Vincent Mann doesn't hesitate to put money into this character. And here he's got a whole pay-per-view built around him. And again, just the production, whether it's the graphics like you mentioned or... The headstone and all of it's just, man, it's just really, you know Vince McMahon loves his character, you know? It's awesome to see. It is. I'm glad you brought up all the craziness of that The Undertaker has been a part of, yeah. uh, the ascending to the heavens, all that ridiculous stuff, because I want to talk about that uh, here at the beginning, because I was, I was excited to go back and watch this, because I remember watching this as a kid, I remember seeing this match uh, on Coliseum Home Video, and... Uh, I was excited to revisit it because I didn't have fond memories of yeah. it. Um, because, you know, I thought even for the Undertaker character, yeah, this concept stretched believability a little bit. They were mm. going to have a buried alive match. All right, we've had casket matches. Yeah. And that's one thing. You get thrown in a casket, you get wheeled to the back, you pop out of the right. casket. <laughs> the idea and the way that they're selling this match, which, as we get into it, you know, they make it a little bit more believable towards the end. But anyway, the way that they're selling this is someone is going to be buried alive, put in a grave with six feet of dirt piled on them. And take a dirt nap. Yes. Someone someone is going to die. Die. Which, to me, stretched believability a little bit. Even with everything that the Undertaker does. Even flying up out of the casket. I know like he's a supernatural character. Right. It stretches that. But this... It was a little bit too much. It was a little cheesy. I didn't even. I couldn't get into it, uh, even as a kid. It just seemed a little bit. I couldn't take it seriously. I couldn't suspend my disbelief enough about that. And I think maybe that's why this pay per view. I don't think it has a really fond yeah. uh, following. What's uh, um, a one match show? Mindset about it. Well, it's also that too. It, yeah. Again, like we talked about with mind games, this show sucks. Yeah, like, there's, there's something I want to point out on this show. There's something else I want to point out. It's uh, historically. Cool at the beginning of this show, but yeah, at the time it was nothing. But, um, but yeah, I think it's interesting you pointed out because that's funny. As a ten-year-old, you couldn't even suspend your disbelief mm. that far for this. It was too Someone's much. Someone's gonna get murdered on pay-per-view in a WWF ring. So yeah, that's crazy to think about. I didn't think about that. Kind of like the gold dust stuff. A little bit too much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pushing the boundaries a little bit too much. And buried alive for me was pushing it a little bit too much. But. I'll talk about that when we get to the end, too. Uh, but at the beginning, like we said, you've got the headstone that everyone's passing by, This whole, all this build-up, and there's nothing... There's no tune-up matches on any of these episodes of Raw. Mankind and Undertaker don't compete Mm-mm. from mind games up until Buried Alive. But on every episode of Raw, there's this running thread, uh, how yes. this match gets built up. There are some promos on every episode of Raw, one of Undertaker and one of Mankind in a graveyard, cutting promos <laughs> on each other. All there. Mankind. Last night, 
you witnessed who truly is the master of the mind game. In mankind, I have condemned you to eternal damnation. Mankind, I am going to bury you alive. And you will never rest in peace. I'm sure you can find these on YouTube. We'll probably we've probably posted them already on our uh, Twitter and Facebook and all that good stuff. You got to watch these. Yeah. They are something else, man. They're they're <laughs> unreal. Uh, in like a good unreal. and a bad way. Yes. <laughs> in like a so bad it's good way. Yeah. It's very confusing. I saw the first ones, <laughs> and I wasn't sure if they were in separate graveyards or something yeah. like that. But no, clearly the story being told there's. <laughs> So they're in the same graveyard. <laughs> Mankind does something, and then Undertaker appears later in the night. He picks up something that Mankind left behind yeah. as he was digging up the grave. Undertaker has been digging up the grave, and Mankind jumps in it at one point and says, <laughs> He says, this, this is too small for Undertaker, because <laughs> he's standing up and his heads are coming out of the ground. Uh, Mankind is digging in the dirt with his hands, yeah. saying, It's hilarious, oh. it's, and, but it's it's great. Yeah. It's cheesy, yeah. but it's great. Very entertaining. It's fun. It's fun to watch. And then, oh man, Undertaker gives this promo about... Who could have thought that it would come to this? Each time you escape the clutches of these purple fists, you grew stronger, yet more evil. And I don't even remember the rest of these. I just laughed so hard. So it was perfect, man. It's, I wish he had a shirt that said these purple gloves on it. Like Ross <laughs> Stroman has get these hands now. No, we, could, awesome. we could have that. We, we might. Gloves. Yes. Yeah, we might have that. Um, yeah, this. if someone can explain to me this plot line or what's actually happening here, I don't know if they're literally in the in the cemetery. Are they building the graveyard that is being built right. at the Market Square Arena as Jim, Square, as Jim Ross keeps hyping up that... They're gonna build an actual graveyard in this yeah. arena. You gotta come see it. That's what I'm saying is Undertaker wastes time digging this hole yeah. here because they're gonna build one at the pay per view in Indianapolis. So bless his heart. <laughs> but you know what? Just like when he built his own caskets, ah, digging his own grave, digging here. his own grave. Oh my goodness! Who knows? All we, for all we know, they could have chunk cut out a chunk of land here and just transported it to Indianapolis. That's true. I'm kidding, people. But yeah, but yeah, but seriously, he's a man. Of his own, you know, he, he he gets his hands dirty, literally and figuratively. He builds his own caskets and coffins, and he buries or he digs his own graves here, apparently. So, and he says something very chilling in that last promo on the Raw right before Buried Alive. He says, "If it takes Undertaker says, if yeah. it takes destroying the Undertaker to destroy you, mankind, then that is what I must do." Yeah. So he has reached a new level. The the announcers keep saying the Undertaker. Showing another side. He yeah. must have 30 different sides right. to him that we've seen so far because he's always showing a new side to himself in every <laughs> exactly. match. But here he has uh, kind of reached his limits. He's gone yeah. crazy. 
with this villain that he can't destroy, mankind, and now he's willing to destroy himself to get rid of mankind. Kind of sounding like a, it's like Dark Knight, right? I, I was or just gonna Dark say Knight, Dark Knight. Batman yep. is willing to take himself out in order to say, yep. you know. Clear Two Face or whatever, and take it out in the Joker out. So yeah, very cool, very cool. Yeah. So that's the build up, and we'll dive in because we got a lot to talk about with this match, right? Yeah. October twentieth. October twentieth. Yeah. Nineteen ninety six. You always got a date. So <laughs> a date guy. But yeah, we're not, we didn't get dates. Those episodes are raw because it's just literally every single week in between Mind Games and Buried Alive, you want to go watch. There's a Mankind segment and another segment again. They're in. For all we know, the same cemetery. Who knows? I mean, it has to be. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it's raining at one point, and then there's. It sounds like they have the uh, <laughs> the uh, umbrella. umbrella mic'd up because the rain <laughs> is just pounding on it. But anyway, yeah. On to the pay per view again. It's in your house. Um, themed around Undertaker. The entrance ramp, like the, mm-hmm. is, is a cemetery gate, which I thought yeah. was really cool. Again, production man. Undertaker gets all the money he needs, I guess, from Vince Man to to build this up, which is really cool. You know. And I always enjoyed the uh, themed entrances, like like when Doge said we do Halloween Havoc and Bash of the Beach. This gives it a cool feel. It feels like that. Yeah, yeah this and is this, it's October paper. Yeah, they're, they're they're leaning into Halloween that. style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's cool. But there's this huge mound of dirt and a shovel and a headstone and uh, yeah, it's got it's the same headstone that's been in every episode of Raw the last month. Um, but again, just cool, really cool production for yet another signature match of The Undertaker that we're going to see several more of as we continue uh, down this road here. But the one thing I want to mention is that the opening match, the curtain jerker of this show, hmm. is Hunter Hurselmsley versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, how about that? Exactly, yeah. We, what are the odds? They're opening the show. But I want to say this, is that um, this is the debut of the Glass Break music. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, again, at the time, because uh, you and I just watched the last episode of Raw before this, and he has the old remaster music. It's October 14th, I think it is. And, uh, but on this show, he debuts that music. But again, in the audience, they've been like, what? Like, this is, you got new music, right. you know? So, yeah, who knew? But, like, who knew like, how iconic that would become? But I just wanted to point that out. I thought it was really neat Very cool. that we got to experience that as we're going through Undertaker's career. Um, yeah, yeah, and that's going to become iconic song, and we'll hear it plenty of times as we continue down this road with Undertaker and he and Stone Cold will cross that. So. And it's it's not a great match by any means. Not, it doesn't live up to the standards you think of a Triple H Stone Cold oh, match. Yeah. Um, I forget it's, it's, Triple H is replacing someone. I can't remember. Someone's hurt or so, uh, Savio Vega, I think. Probably Savio. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this whole pay per view is out of whack, but. I did notice something, too, as we were watching it. Not as significant as that, but, you know, I didn't ever realize back then, back in the day, how much of 1996 WWF really relied on early 90s WCW guys filling up the card. You know, uh, their entire undercard was basically in WCW a year or two ago. Isn't that weird? Triple H, Steve Austin, Brian Pillman, Mark Miro, Johnny B. Bad, uh, Goldust, Dustin Rhodes, Vader, Cactus Jack, Mick Foley. I mean, just a year later, uh, for some of these guys, they are filling up the WWF uh, card. And it reminded me a lot of what we see nowadays because... Uh, really, lately, TNA, yeah. it's like, we've seen a huge TNA invasion in WWE, but the past couple of years, Ring of Honor, like, yeah. these guys that were the mainstays there for so long, and so many, so much of current day WWE with Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, or right, then you got Bobby Roode, uh, um, uh, AJ, AJ Styles, Mojo. I'm trying to think, Rockstar Spud, yep. just, debuted just debuted a couple weeks ago, 
um, all sorts of these guys. Yeah. Uh, it's really making up. You know, I don't know. I just think that's interesting. Yeah, it we, is. we think of WWF having their homegrown stars, not wanting all this other talent, but yeah, sometimes well, they do. As much as they crap on WCW for talent, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I mentioned that last episode. They keep pooping on WCW for stealing their top stars, but well, they're just stealing the undercard. Yeah, and and trying to replace. It. And eventually, they will go on to you know main events, you know, like we know with Stone Cold and stuff like that. But yeah, it's. It is very interesting. I'm glad you pointed that out because that's really... I, I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it's just kind of funny. Yeah, it is funny. Ron Simmons, too. Farouk. Oh, Ali. Yeah, yeah, former world champion <laughs> yeah. WCW. First ever black world champion. Well, they've... This video... Or, this feud has been epic, of course. Where we, yeah. we don't need to recap Undertaker no. Mankind feud, but there is a video highlighting the entire length of the feud before the match, so it's cool to, to go back and see uh, how it's been going. And really... I mean, if you think about it, this feud has been unlike any other WWF feud ever. It's really yeah. escalated to new heights. It's been very intense, uh, more th- more so a different style of wrestling than we've seen in the WWF yeah. in a lot of ways. And it really kind of set the template for a lot of The Undertaker's feuds in the future. It's kind of revealing. <laughs> it's cliche, but it's revealing another side of a yeah. layer to The Undertaker as a character, as a performer, and as an in-ring, as an in-ring wrestler. You know? Yeah. Yep, absolutely. And I think it's a precursor to the Attitude Era in and of itself. It really just is. How, how um, I guess, personal the rivalries get, the feuds get, and just how that, you know, one match, a, a regular pinfall match is not enough. you got to go to something else because we'll see do. so much, you know, innovation in the Attitude Era with falls gone anywhere or ladders or hell in a cell or whatever, hardcore matches, whatever, everything, a regular, you know, a match can't be contained in, in the squared circle anymore. No, so, yeah. it's, it's non-sanctioned. So oh, exactly. very, they make a huge deal of that. <laughs> the WWF is not sanctioning yeah. this, which means that they're not responsible for whatever these two guys want to do to each other. Apparently, uh, one of the announcers says they both asked for this. Yeah. They wanted something like this. So if that's the case, this is non-sanctioned. Tell me why there's a referee in the ring, a WWF referee in uniform. In the ring. I was going to bring it up too. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't get it. I've never understood that in any of these unsanctioned matches that we ever come across. You know, it's like this is the first one, but we'll come across some others in history, you know, as Darius progresses. But yeah, why is there a referee? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no. I have no idea. Is he there to raise job? the hand? Yeah, what's his job? He's not counting a pinfall. No. It's yeah. whoever goes in the grave. Yeah, wins. the crowd can see who buries yes. someone alive. We don't need a referee there. It serves no purpose. I guess he just and there to communicate. Wise. Yeah, yeah, wise he doesn't. But yeah. yeah, I guess he just there to give time cues. Exactly. I guess. So. But it's just <laughs> in it's real life. Pretty silly. Yeah, um, but I do love uh, Jerry Lawler. Say he's like, what does that even mean? I'm saying just like I think it's something like a shoot too. He's like, what? What does that even mean? And Vince, yeah, explains like what you just said. Like we're not responsible or liable for whatever happens. So. Um, well, yeah. we've got Vince and Lawler on commentary. So. Um, well, because Jr. has disappeared. <laughs> Throughout the show, again, this is still the whole fake Diesel, fake Razor. They debuted by this point. Um, Jr. is kind of heel, but I don't know what he's doing. It's a it's, really it dumb, doesn't make any sense. It's a really it's so dumb, weird to go back and watch. Yeah, it's awful. But uh, yeah, so at this point in the show, his mic is cut out, I think, and he leaves. And so it's just yeah, we just have Lawler and Vince. But if you turn on the show, Jr. is there at the beginning. Mm-hmm, yeah, but he has no microphone. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, Undertaker comes out again, as we've said uh, on the last show. No uh, entrance gear. He's been just stripped down. You know, yeah. he, he's seeking revenge. He's, he's not there. 
uh, put on a show or anything like that. He's there to fight. Uh, so no hat, no gear, nothing like that. Yep. And the uh, the fireflies are out again. And I just I, I didn't notice it in the last one, but I just thought about this one. Those are those are lighters. Those, those aren't people holding up their phones. Those exactly. Are, a, and there's a lot of them in the crowd. So people throwing their lighters up. But I'm taking man. That's cool. Oh, yeah. It's not. Yeah. You're right. No one. No one brought a flashlight. So no. yeah, it's their lighter from their pocket. So that's hilarious. You wouldn't see that nowadays. So there's kind of like thunder and lightning as part of the yeah. entrance, and the king says it's raining. Yeah, he says it's raining. So that was weird. But one thing he does say when Undertaker's walking out, he says he looks right at home beside the grave. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think Mankind and Bear came out first, right? And yeah. Mankind's just sitting in the ring, rocking, and yeah, that's when Undertaker comes out to that. And yeah, I mean, just like the last few matches we've been mentioning, he gets in the ring and boom, slugfest, man. Yes, right as he gets in, which is good. Again. That's the way it should be. It's the way it should be. That's the way this feud is gone. It's the way the story's been told. They should not care about grappling and, and you know, he, he wants to hurt mankind. He wants to, you know, again, like you said, he's willing to end The Undertaker just to take out mankind. So that's pretty cool. Undertaker's on fire, like you said. He Mankind Nuts. throws him into the corner, <laughs> yeah. and Undertaker just no-sells nope. it, th- picks up mankind, <laughs> throws him into the corner, yeah. and then he tosses mankind out jumps on the top rope and leaps to the outside yeah. from the top rope onto Mankind like a, a flying whatever like it wasn't yeah, a clothesline it, it wasn't anything it wasn't a crossbody he just left on him <laughs> it was awesome but, but that's the first time we've seen Undertaker go to the top rope and jump to the outside I, I think mean, so yeah. for a big guy like that I mean that is I just wrote what the heck yeah. this is crazy he's going nuts he's just yeah letting it all hang out again um, he's willing to destroy himself and yep. the commentary puts that over They said he said that they say he said he's willing to destroy himself, destroy mankind. So I, I just wrote, he almost did there. I mean, because yeah. what a dangerous spot, you know? Jump to the outside. Because he doesn't jump on the mats. He jumps on the aisleway, <laughs> like the concrete. And he lands on his hip when he hits himself. So, yeah, just reckless yeah, it was, abandonment. It was ugly, but it was good. It's awesome. It makes it feel more real. Mm-hmm. This stuff doesn't look so choreographed and mm-hmm. practiced, you know? It looks real. So uh, it was fun. And then... Uh, they kind of fight their way up the aisle a little bit toward the like mound of dirt and the right grass. To the grave, yeah. Yeah, and uh, mankind or Undertaker goes to grab the shovel. Mankind kind of grabs it and hits it like the butt of the shovel. I think Jay or Waller says in the throat of Undertaker. So that's a pretty dirty move there. Yeah. But and he goes for a suplex uh, on the mound and Undertaker reverses it. And this, <laughs> you know, we talked. I think it was the. Dude. One of the matches with Goldust. The the second match with Goldust, I think. Maybe three episodes ago. The Undertaker busted out a small package (laughs) in that match, which I had never seen him do before or since. But in this one, like you said, he's Goldust goes for or or Mankind goes for a suplex, and Undertaker reverses it into that small package again. They're on top of the of the gravesite. And then he, they just roll together in their small package bundle all the way down the hill, like three or four times, rolling over to the ground. That's how Undertaker blocked Mankind. That's how he chose to block that. Again, it looks it, I just, it looks like something out of a Bugs Bunny cartoon. It was hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. Not supposed to be, but it was. But yeah, he just he grape bonds a leg or whatever and rolls them up and just they just tumble down the hill. I man. wonder if like, they were laughing as that oh, happened. <laughs> Mick Foley had to be. That was what hilarious, man. Golly, go watch it just for that. It's so funny. And then I also laughed because at, at this point the camera zooms in on some fan in the crowd for like five yes, seconds yes, yes. for no reason. And uh, Jerry Lawler says, And indeed someone is going to take that from a real dirt nap, ladies and gentlemen. 
Ooh, right here, live. What if her Undertaker knows she got up? Beg your pardon? There are a lot of creatures of the night here in Indianapolis. She looked like a creature, all right? <laughs> I was just like, golly. Harsh. It's not even Paul Barry's making fun. It's a no. poor little fan in the audience. So, yeah, at this point, they've taken themselves back to the ringside. And commentary keeps saying dirt nap. Dirt mm. nap. They're going to take it. Someone's going to take a dirt nap. Today. That's the a word. Dirt nap. Yeah, that's, again, that's the calendar. Uh, Vincent Man's calendar, you know, word this <laughs> this week is dirt naps. They keep saying dirt. Which has anyone ever called? Take a dirt when, you nap. To, when you go to a funeral, do you go see someone take a dirt nap? No, oh, not. you don't. It's just like ridiculous. So yeah, don't say that next time you go to a funeral. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, your uh, uncle's taking a dirt nap. <laughs> that does not go. Might over. not go well. Might not go well. So unless you're Jerry Lawler, you probably get <laughs> yeah. away with it. But I wrote when he said she looks like a creature. I just wrote, man, that was so much like Heenan. Like that reminded me of Bobby Heenan. He yeah. would have said the exact same thing. So I just appreciated that little comment uh, about the poor little girl in the audience. Yeah. She wasn't that bad. No, like, well, so, for '96. So yeah, um, they start fighting the crowd here, which and oh, uh, yeah. Undertaker just hurls mankind over the barrier, <laughs> and then he runs from the crowd <laughs> and hits a leaping clothesline yeah. over the barrier. Man, I'm like loving this. So yeah, far. it's all Undertaker. He is just beating the crap out of mankind, tossing them all over the arena. It's awesome. Yeah, and he's and he's and when they're in the audience for that brief, you know, twenty seconds, as he before he throws mankind back over, there's folks in the audience just cheering him on. One lady's asking for a high five. She's <laughs> in her sweater, like up for a high five. And but yeah, it looks like. Again, it looks like he's making it up as he goes, which yeah. who knows if he is or not. But like, yeah, he yeah he chunks mankind back over the guardrail to the ringside and then just runs and jumps like you said, and it just shows how athletic he is. You know, he's jumped from the top turnbuckle to the outside and then jumped over the guardrail. It's just such a contrast from mm-hmm. his earlier matches. You know, especially ones with like King Kong Bundy or IRS <laughs> or exactly. even Hogan. Man, like it is so so different. You yeah. know, yeah. we keep like you said, keep, it's cliche to say he's different. Different side of the interior, but he really is, man. And after that, he just headbutts him like crazy over and over again. Um, then he, they're in the back of the ring. He goes for old school, and this is classic right here, man. He goes for old school, but Paul Bear jumps up and pulls the top rope, and that makes Undertaker fall and crotch himself on the top rope. And that's I just, smart. Yeah, that was just perfect. He knows Undertaker better than anybody. Exactly. So he knew what Undertaker was going for in that moment, and he knew to trip him up right yep. there, give mankind perfect. control. Perfect heat for Paul Bear yes. and mankind at that point. Uh, mankind gets a spike from here from Paul Bear, like a wooden an, an instrument, spike. They, they yeah. say. Yeah. Uh, and starts just stabbing Undertaker with it. Yeah. And Vince Man is freaking out. He's oh, yeah. saying, but it's non sanctioned. But right. Vince Man is saying, he can't be doing this. I know. Uh, uh, there has to be some sort of order here. It's non sanctioned, no holds barred. And Jerry Lawler's like, Telling him it's not yeah, safe. Do whatever yeah, exactly. he wants. And Mr. Man's like, well, there has to be some limit to, uh, yeah. to what we see here. That that that's crossing the line for uh, Mr. Man's that spike. Uh, yeah. Once again, it seems like everybody's not on the same page. So <laughs> you're the one who wrote this stuff. It's like, but uh, Undertaker gets the spike and he gets to use it. And then Paul Bear rest in peace. Chance at this point too. Again, yep. no, not overshadowed by Mr. Holland. I mean, Mr. Bear's opus is uh, just organically, man. The crowd, you know, when he gets that spike or that instrument and starts using it, there's Rest in peace chants all over the place. So it's really cool to see. But then go ahead, what you're going to say. Oh, he uh, just a lot more going on. Uh, they get a chair in here and get some chair shots uh, on each other. Paul Bear hits Undertaker with the urn. 
And uh, Undertaker no sells oh, it. And Vince calls Ball Bear a slug. <laughs> it's like it's not it's not Lawler. I guess now that Bear's the heel, Lawler has to ease up on it because he's the heel commentator. Yes, yeah. yeah. Vince calls him like yeah, slug. And I was like, oh man, that's great. Job of the Hut style. Like, yeah. So another Star Wars reference here. But. Yeah, then uh, but yeah, as Bear tries, he hits him and, he, and Taker no sells it. And then Vince calls him a slug, and Taker turns back around and takes a ugly yeah. chair shot oh, to yeah. the head yep, yep, yep. that completely dents that chair. I mean, that chair is, you can't sit in it again. It was ugly. It was nasty. Again, back then it was just like, well, that's what it was, but watching it today, it hurts, <laughs> it hurts me. Uh, but yeah, he takes that unprotected chair shot straight to the head. And then Mankind does that cool move where he, you know, he sets Undertaker against the ring steps and does mm-hmm. the running knee, yep. which he's done against, you know, he's done it in the boiler room and he's done it all over the place. So, uh, so from there they kind of head back to the uh, grave site again, and they end up both. Uh, Undertaker gets tossed into the grave and yeah. he pulls Mankind inside of it, so they fight inside the grave for a little bit. Nice little tease. Nice know, tease. They haven't, they yep. haven't entered the grave yet, so. Uh, and then. I mean, that chair shot was nasty. Then Undertaker hip tosses Mankind from the oh. top of the gravesite to the floor. Yeah. It was, you know, at least six feet down to the to the uh, to the aisleway. Just unprotected, lands straight on his hip and his back. Yep. And I just wrote, no wonder Foley can't walk. That's why he can't <laughs> walk. Yeah. Exactly. It's just uh, again, man. It's, it's almost too much commitment to yeah. the character. Like. Yep. You've got to protect yourself. You it's know. bad in hindsight. Yeah, in hindsight, but like it looks awesome. Again, it looks it looks vicious. You know, it looks ugly. That's what these fights between them are. They're ugly fights. You know, they don't feel like a wrestling match. They feel like brawls, prison riots. Yeah, prison riots. I would say here, but he doesn't have a microphone. So anyway, then they get back in the ring. They they work their way back to the ring, and mankind hits a wedgie pile driver. Uh, and he starts yanking his own hair out, and then Taker comes back with a flurry of punches mm-hmm. and then Paul Bear slides her chair in the ring at this point <laughs> I, I, I wasn't sure it was Paul Bear because you don't you just see the chair magically <laughs> yeah, just, slide in the ring yeah if you don't see who yeah. threw it in there it just I chair think comes comes, sliding yeah. in <laughs> yeah it just like slides in from stage left you know who did it but I think I think commentary said something about it but yeah, then no. the Mankind hits a double underhook DDT on yeah. it's the first time dude love it's the first time we've seen that it's the first time I've noticed yeah. it yeah I love that movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a dude love. What's that move called? Just the Del Warner DT. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if he has a name for it. But uh, yeah, he hits it on the chair, which is cool. And then uh, he sits there rocking with the urn, mm-hmm. and Taker sits up and oh, hits nasty chair shot on the mankind's back. Which that's what you see nowadays. You see chair shots to the back. Yep. You don't see him to the head. But this one was brutal, even for today's standards. So. It was. Um, they got some more back and forth. He leg drops Ooh. the chair onto mankind. Yeah, page out of Sabu's book. Man. Yeah. Um, vicious. Back and forth again for a little while. And there's so much to get through. I was just kind of jumping yeah. around. But my, my favorite part of the match came next. Uh, a little bit later on, they, they go outside. And Mankind pulls up the mats to do yep. the pile driver again. Uh, on this little wedgie pile driver onto yep. the uh, unprotected exposed. floor. Exposed floor. floor. Yeah. At this point, Undertaker, I'm pretty sure, makes up a move <laughs> on the spot. <laughs> he goes to reverse the pile driver. So he... He's in powder position. He stands up and he's holding Mankind's legs, uh, like at his at his head. And yeah. I like I think he's gonna do Hargrove Ali's Alabama slam. Yeah. That's how he's holding him. And but Mankind <laughs> still has his arms wrapped around Undertaker's waist. And so Undertaker, at this point, just sits down on top of Mankind's head, just 
like falls backwards onto his into face the into the cha- into the stairs. And again, uh. I laughed out loud for the second time in this match because I don't think that's a move. Uh, but Undertaker just did it uh, on the spot, and it looked like it hurt. So yeah, it looked awful. Man. Go for it, man. Yeah, and we we talked about my wrestling dummy that my aunt made me back in the day, and I used to do that move to him. I called it the backseat driver. <laughs> well, maybe he got it from up like an Alabama slam uh, and uh, great minds. Fall down. So maybe I stole it, on, you know. Uh, unconsciously from Undertaker, but yeah, it's it's disgusting, it's dirty, <laughs> and yeah, it doesn't make any sense, but it works. And then they get back in the ring, and Undertaker's got the st- the steps, the stairs, yeah, and he throws him in the ring, and he just yeah. beats mankind over and over again with him. Uh, then he hits Tombstone. Tombstone, crowd goes nuts. Crowd, oh, blows up, man. Yeah, they come alive. He point because he points to the grave. Yeah, you know, we, he's we've selling seen it. People pointing to the WrestleMania sign recently, and he points to the grave, and he knows what he's doing, man. Oh, he's great. There's people in the palm of his hand, and they go nuts. So then he, he kind of does like a fireman carry all the way to the grave, right? He just kind of puts him over his shoulder and walks yeah. him back there. Paul Bear, or Jerry Lars says, Paul Bear, if you don't do something quick, next thing you're going to be doing is buying flowers. Mankind's <laughs> <laughs> funeral. Uh, but yeah, he, he picks him up for his dirt nap. <laughs> Carries him all the way to the grave and gives Mankind a chance to recover, I guess, because Mankind goes for the mandible claw uh, before getting tossed into the grave. Um, Tries to hit him with the urn, uh, and and, uh, then Undertaker is able to chokeslam Mankind into the grave. Again, just a nasty-looking fall and bump. The crowd pops huge, and... I, I did not remember this. Undertaker starts shoveling dirt on top of Mankind... And the bell rings, yep. and the Undertaker wins this match. So yep. I didn't remember the Undertaker winning this match because I remember all the aftermath right. it gets uh, lost that we're gonna get it. to. Yeah. But actually, Undertaker won this match. Uh, the ref or the announcers say all he has to do is put a layer of dirt on top of yep. the manga. All he has to do is get a little <clears throat> dirt on there, and the match is over. So apparently, in kayfabe, like in this world, this match was supposed to end. Sort of like a casket match. Yeah. Like you just close the lid, push yeah. it to the back, and then get up. This match was supposed to end. Someone gets thrown in the grave. You toss Some one shovel on. of dirt on yeah. them. They're allowed to get up. Because the Undertaker just keeps shoveling. Yeah. The referee tries to stop him. Vince Man is saying, it's over. The match is over. Yeah. What are you doing? Uh, you're he, gonna. What, what are you trying to do to him here? You're getting carried away. Because the Undertaker is trying to yeah, bury, him. bury him alive fully. Yeah, he's pushing there. referees. Like, several referees come out. He throws them all off the mound. Uh, yeah, you're right. But yeah, the match is over. 18 minutes and 25 seconds. And But yeah, I didn't remember he won either. Because I remember everything that's about to happen. Exactly. You know, I forgot yeah, so it's interesting. about all this. So. Yeah. And that's his first ever win against, against mankind. mankind. Yep, He's lost two so far and finally gets a win. Yep. Gets a win there, but not uh, not in the war. Uh, exactly. So he wins the battle, but not the war. Because as Undertaker is beating up the referees, a mysterious masked man comes and whacks the Undertaker from behind with a shovel and starts digging up mankind. Yep. That man would go on to be known as the Executioner. Uh, would go on to have a match and play a part uh, in the Undertaker for the next two months, not very long. And uh, he, of course would be the legendary WWE Hall of Famer Terry Gordy uh, in a very sad state, yeah. I would say. Oh, man, it's pathetic. 
Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, again, the time it's not like some it's not like somebody that you know an established character is coming out to help. It's like this man in like a mask. In like a Target Halloween yeah. costume. It looks like <laughs> it looks the guys from Beastmaster. They eat people's uh, skin and swallow them whole. It looks like that. It reminded me of that. And I was like, what is this outfit he's it's got so on? It's so cheap looking. Yeah. And he, you know, I, I was I know Terry Gordy now. I didn't know yeah. Terry Gordy then, and he was kind of before my time and world class, and, and even in WCW. But man, Terry Gordy was a beast. Uh-huh. I mean, he could go. He was in shape. Uh, he was a hoss, as Jim Ross Steve would Austin say. Steve loves him. Yeah, <laughs> he had suffered some uh, a lot of health problems before this point. It was literally a shell of himself. He's in very skinny, very awful yeah. shape. Apparently, had had some brain damage too before this had even happened, and so he was just. You know, Vince was kind of giving him a, a lifeline, mm-hmm. sort of giving him a paycheck, and they were giving him a chance. Uh, and we'll see that that chance does not—it uh, doesn't go well. Um, right. But here, he's just a mysterious man helping out mankind and Paul Bear, and so he digs up mankind with yeah. what a little bit of dirt is on him, pulls yeah. him out of the grave, and then they toss the Undertaker into the grave instead. Yep. And the lights start to flicker, and the thunder cracks, and the arena. Again, this is all the part I remember. So right. I thought that. Mankind won this yeah, match. Yeah, I thought until we were we were doing research and I actually watched. I was like, I was like, no way! I know that Mankind wins this match. Mm-hmm. No, he doesn't. But this is Surprise all. Me. This is all the stuff that you remember is iconic here. Because again, uh, Mankind and what who will become known as the Executioner, they're burying Undertaker. You got rest in peace, Chance. Are actually pretty loud. Rest in peace, Chance. Um, and then now comes a who's who of heels <laughs> here. We got Goldust. We got Crush as a. Uh, I mean, what do you call Crush at this point? Jailbird. Ja- Jailbird Crush. He looks like he's from Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. Uh, but again, good friend of the Undertaker in real life. That's true. Um, yep. You got Triple H. You got Bradshaw. Uh, they all come out, Justin Hawk Bradshaw, to help bury Undertaker as Paul Bear is encouraging them. And the Big D and I were speculating here, like, do you think that they just didn't realize how long it's going to take? I don't know. Uh, because they did a rehearsal. Yeah, they literally have a pile of dirt, six, six feet, feet of, worth dirt, of dirt, and some shovels out of it. Yeah. Later on, when they did some buried lives, they had like a, a backhoe. The, the, yeah, like, exactly. It's like some construction equipment to yeah. shovel that dirt on there. But they are literally going to shovel all this dirt on there. So they come out to help. I, I'm thinking they probably were looking at it in rehearsal or yeah. something during that day. And were like, this is going to take forever. Yeah. We got to get some help out here. So they send these guys out. And so. it was reminiscent of Royal Rumble 1994 when True. Undertaker, True. 13 guys came out and had to throw him into a casket. Mankind needs some help to, yeah. to throw the dirt and, and bury Undertaker alive. But um, it still takes forever. Oh, Even yeah, with it still takes seven guys long. out there, uh, six or seven guys, yeah. it goes on and on and on. Yeah, it does. And Paul Bear is such a good cheerleader here, though. And he is. The He's rest trying. of Peace Chance are getting even louder. And Paul Bear is like, The Undertaker is gone forever. And, but at this point, there's people throwing trash at the heels. Yes. These people must be WCW fans because that was a common occurrence. Every mm-hmm. Nitro would end with trash thrown in the, at the NWO. Yeah, they're throwing the, it into the grave. Yeah, there's like uh, Coca Cola like, cups and like lids and stuff in the. In the uh, in the graveside at this point, so people were throwing trash at the hills. That's some good heat right there. That's how they were killing time. See, back yeah. and making into the grave. <laughs> yeah, like, probably throwing sodas in there. And then Paul uh, Barry goes. <laughs> I was like, what? Now he's like, like uh, million dollar man or something. So he, he's paying all these guys. To hey show man, them. yeah, funeral home people make a lot of money, dude. Uh, that's I a, that's so. a good industry to be in. 
So. I never go out of business there. That's true. People uh, <laughs> taking dirt naps all the time. Vince McMahon is freaking out. Yeah, saying, man. You were only supposed to bury him alive, but, yeah. but not like this. <laughs> like how, Vince? Hell, how were they supposed to bury him alive? Not uh, not literally, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then we get a grave cam shot. We got the grave Shows cam. Shows the dirt piling up. Not well, during the match. Exactly. <laughs> I was say, not during the match. Poor production, man. Yeah. What, what, what's going on here? Usually they're on top of things. This was not. It was just, had it coffin just... cam, grave cam, turnbuckle cam. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who knew Undertaker got all his own <laughs> camera shots? <laughs> He's a real dude. innovator. Yeah. So. And uh, this, again, like, I, I probably went on five, ten minutes. It felt like 30 minutes yeah, of them just shoveling dirt. Um, Vince is just, like, saying, well, I, I certainly hope something is going to happen here. Like, right. we've seen Undertaker always gets up. He always survives these things and Jerry Lawler is sort of like Bobby Heenan here too when Bobby Heenan used to say Hulkamania is dead Hulk, like Hulk Hogan's never gonna get up he said nope this is it nothing he's dead yeah. McMahon he's dead he's not getting up nothing can happen here um finally all the other heels leave. they bail yeah, yeah there's they, thunder and lightning right, come on and that then, happens yeah. yeah thunder and lightning in the arena so the extra heels run out but mankind Paul Bear executioner kind of finished the job they put the last right. couple Shovels of dirt on there. Um, and Paul Bearer, did you notice this? He holds the urn upside I down. Oh, yeah. I saw that. Yeah. I was I was going to point that out. I'm glad you saw it too. Yeah, I was wondering if that's like a symbolic mm-hmm. thing. Like, you know, it's like people do with other stuff, you know, whether it's a flag or a cross or whatever it oh, is. Yeah. Like he's, you Paul know, Bearer knew what he was doing. Yeah, he holds upside down, which, again, cool little nuance there, man. I'm glad we both noticed that. So, yeah, really neat. He knows what he's doing. And they stick the shovel in the grave mm, yeah. to symbolize that they're done. Mm-hmm. And the shovel becomes a lightning rod. A huge bolt of yes. lightning shoots from the arena. A really, really cool special effect. Yeah. Uh, and hits the grave. Um, crowd pops huge. And <laughs> the show ends with the Undertaker's hand mm. rising up. The purple out of the glove. Grave. The purple glove rises up. Vista Man says he will not rest in peace. Yeah, and that's how it goes off the air. It's a cool visual, man. Pretty cool. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's kind of cheesy, but it's cool. But like, I, I don't know how they did it, I, man. I'm yeah. gonna be honest. Like, I don't know how he got out of there. I don't know how they made it look like his hand was coming out of the grave. Well, because his hand comes out of the grass part, not the actual dirt. So I mean, there must have been some trap door. Like once he was finally right. in there, he rolled back in. But again, we don't know. And I don't, they did Pretty it well. Cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. they did it well. But it's really cool. But you again, you've been talking about how he's like he reminds you of like a monster from a monster movie and stuff. Yes. And like. The, the villain that won't die or whatever even if he's a good guy this was this was perfect for that to me like watching this visual of his little hand sticking up and out of there it's just like man he is like a monster from a monster I mean, he won't go away and again Vince is like he will not rest in peace and this good man good stuff uh, it was really good brutal match felt like they hate each other in real life which they don't they're friends but it just it made you feel like that if they can make you just suspend your disbelief do you think they hate each other that's really cool on them so I had, stuff. I had low expectations going into yeah, it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I enjoyed it, man. Yeah, it was good. It, it's hard hitting. It's brutal. It feels like a, a hardcore match, but really, These I two, mean, yeah. just a couple of shovel shots. But yeah. they're, they're really just, you know, it's strong style, yeah. I guess. I don't know. A couple bumps are from Mick Foley takes, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's good. It's brutal. Uh, and a different side of The Undertaker. And this is it for this iteration of the Undertaker last appearance of the purple gloves of the purple Ooh, yeah what are, what, are, what are those things called on his boots <sighs> they're not bootstraps yeah. I don't know bootstrap Bill Bars Caribbean yeah I don't know well purple boots. I don't know what you call those but yeah and we're gonna see not to spoil it but Survivor Series 96 the next 
evolution of the Undertaker, the next evolution in his appearance. Um, and yeah, as, as the show goes off, we see the Undertaker will rise again somehow, yes. some way. He will fight his way out of the grave. Mankind cannot bury him. Paul Bearer cannot. The Executioner cannot. Oh, goodness. The, the Undertaker's spirit Sorry. will live on some <laughs> yeah. way or another. Yeah. Well, man. Yeah, check it out, guys. It really is entertaining. It's fun. It's hard hitting. Um, yeah, again, it's just the, if you're a storytelling fan like out like Big D and I here are, the story again is told over at this point six months. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's it's cool to see to see that culminate here. So um, yeah, and you can fast forward through the rest of the pay per view. <laughs> There's oh, nothing else. Just want listen for the opening. Listen to the glass break for yeah. Stone Cold and the lack of a pop, and then mm. go back and watch Raw twenty five. And listen to the glass break and how the Barclays Center blew up when he heard that. And just see how far that song has come. That so. would be a great experiment. Yeah. <laughs> his music before was terrible. It's oh, like this really It sounds slow. like Goldust music and Mankind's after music. There's so it's many all the people. same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all the same. And they all have a piano. Jim Johnson had like this organ fetish because Undertaker has the same kind of music. It's yeah. All, they're all the same. So anyway. <laughs> You're watching Raw in 96. You can't tell who's, who's coming, coming out. <laughs> Nobody yeah. has memorable music yeah. or anything like that. Uh, unless you're the god of Taker, I guess. And Taker and Sean are the only ones that have like terrible music. Well, yeah, I guess the Godwins. Oh my gosh, I was telling you earlier. Uh, I feel like the New Day and the Usos wrestle every week now. <laughs> they have nothing on the Godwins and uh, the Smoking Guns back yeah. in nineteen ninety six. They are on every pay per view, every Raw. I feel like they fight, or the Body Donnas. That's a six month feud that's not good. Good versus Lord, Taker and same match. Oh man, awful. Anyway. Uh, we want to hear from you, all the listeners out there, all the Talking Taker creatures of the night. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, at Talking Taker. Facebook, give us a like. Follow us on Instagram, uh, Talking Taker on Instagram. We would love you to subscribe and leave a comment, leave a rating on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Podomatic, YouTube, all that good stuff. Let us know. Uh, and, uh, of course... Um, not of course. I don't know. Uh, I, I was meant to mention this on the last episode, but just a couple other recommendations out there. If you have not watched the WWE 24 special uh, that premiered on the WWE Network, uh, it's a couple weeks ago by the time this is coming out, on WrestleMania 33 from last year. Go out of your way to watch that. Uh, the Undertaker's in it maybe for five minutes or so. Of It's like an hour long, but uh, it's just so rare to see yeah. Undertaker out of character. You see like him driving shirt to the arena. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, see him with uh, back backstage yeah, before cool. and after the match. Uh, it's it's worth. There's other cool stuff on yeah. that. Those 24 specials are always really really well done. A lot of cool stuff with the Hardy Boys yeah. on there. But if you're Undertaker marks like us, definitely go watch that. Um, and there's also a YouTube video I put on the Talking Taker Twitter a couple weeks ago of Raw 25. Again, Undertaker's in it for maybe 30 seconds or so. Well, that's cool. It's just cool to see yeah. him back there at the Manhattan Center again, talking out of character. You see all, all the DX guys talking yep. out of character to Xbox um, and his dog, <laughs> in really a baby cool. carrier. <laughs> yeah, cool on stuff his, on his chest. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, it's worth checking out. Um, and yeah, that's what you get when you follow us on social media. All that stuff. We post stuff all throughout the week. Yep. Pictures, videos, all the build up. We'll have all of the build up for this match. All those uh, funny promos before from Raw. Uh, cool. In the graveyard, that will be all over our Twitter and Facebook, and you gotta you gotta follow all of and Instagram because we'll put different ones on each one. So if you want to get the full picture, you gotta follow us on all of those accounts, and we follow you back too. So uh, you'll gain followers too. So it's that simple. It's just Absolutely. like that, and we love it. We appreciate 
everybody out there listening and subscribing. It means a lot to us. Uh, we've got over a thousand followers at this point, so that's that's yeah. incredible, man. So thanks to all you guys. We appreciate it. This is episode twenty-seven, right? So uh, yeah, just over half a year. So yes. Yeah. yeah, and we're enjoying it. We're just a couple marks doing it for fun. So we appreciate all the input you guys give us and answering the polls we have and stuff like that too. And again. Wait on someone to take us up on if you were there. If you were there, at somebody buried alive. had to be a buried alive. Yeah, come on. <laughs> someone was in Indianapolis. You know they were. So yeah, someone was there. Take us up on it. But uh, other oh. than that, oh, go ahead. Other than that, all I gotta mention, Travis is here for my birthday. Uh, I'm turning 32 this week and still doing a wrestling podcast <laughs> uh, and still getting wrestling action figures for my birthday. Uh, Travis gave me. If you're a fan of the show, you will understand why this is funny. He gave me mint condition Erwin Arshyster action figure. The Elite uh, Series. The Elite <laughs> Series. First time in the line. Yes. And I mean, it's a it's an incredible figure. Uh, he's got the tie, the suspense. He's got monogram on his shirt. Uh, just an impeccable figure that I can't wait to throw in the garbage. Includes. <laughs> Exactly. That's how much your dog did as soon as you opened it. Well, as soon as I opened it, my dog walked over and started trying to eat this figure. He, he ripped, he chewed off the top of it. So uh, he hates it as much as you do. Yeah, but. you can see a picture of it on the Talking Taker Instagram page. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, he also got me a one of those. I don't know what they're Funko called. Funko Pop, tiny, t- tiny little Funko Pop. The mini ones that are in the package. You don't know which one you're gonna get. It's a blind uh, bag. Yeah, you don't know what's inside. Well, I opened it up and just happened to be. Uh, Good old Enzo Amore. <laughs> Rest in peace. So, a collector's item there, I guess. That's a career taking the dirt now. Not... So. <laughs> we'll leave that there. On that note. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, take her easy. I don't want to be buried alive.